This is Upwell, a new podcast from Only One, featuring entrepreneurs, advocates, and leaders working to protect and restore the ocean and the planet. And I'm your host, Aaron Kinnery. Today, we have Zoe Croft, the Director of Sales at Atlantic Sea Farms. Zoe and her team are helping fishermen in Maine grow kelp, a product with incredible health, environmental, and economic benefits. Let's dive in. Zoe, thanks for joining the podcast. You're from Maine, and I remember one of my first trips to Maine where I learned the state has actually more coastline than California. So it really is this incredible ocean state. What inspired your initial love for the ocean? Oh, I grew up on the water playing in tidal pools, swimming, surfing, um, you know, just waves crashing over you, body surfing. I mean, the Gulf of Maine, the coast of Maine is so magical. My family is in boat building and recreational boating. So a summer into the fall spent on the water is just my favorite time and really what inspired me to get involved in companies that work on the water and just preserving and protecting our great state and all of our resources. And when did you join Atlantic Sea Farms and what do you do with the team? So I joined in June of 2020 and I had been following Bree's work. I had been following the growth of the company and a position opened up to join the sales team and you know, that was really peak COVID and and they were kind of shifting from a um, food service focused product line. Um, You know, a big part of Atlantic Sea Farms is also driving the market of seaweed and domestic seaweed. And so that was so reliant on restaurants and campuses. So um, Atlantic Sea Farms started shifting their focus more towards retail, and I was hired as the retail sales manager, getting our products out into grocery stores and co-ops across the country. And now I lead our whole sales team, uh, ingredient, food service, and retail. I think I first learned of Atlantic Sea Farms, I think it was early 2020 when the company was partnered up with Sweetgreen and David Chang, and they had this great kelp bowl, it was delicious. And, but I know the company has been around for much longer than that. Uh, I think back in 2009 was I saw when the company yeah. first launched the first viable sea farm. So what was the initial vision and the, and the problem that the company was trying to solve? So, you know, Maine is singularly reliant on one wild fishery, and that's lobster. Um, we're seeing that lobster population migrate north due to, you know, warming waters. The Gulf of Maine is warming faster than 98% of all other bodies of water on the planet. And we are, you know, singularly reliant not only out on the water fishing lobster, but also, you know, our coastal communities, incomes, infrastructure, working waterfronts. And so, um, in, in 2009, the founders started the first commercially viable uh, kelp farm in the country um, and really were honed in on how do we grow native Maine kelp um, via regenerative aquaculture, not by wild harvest. Um, and that was really the focus for about 10 years. And then in 2019, Brie Warner uh, joined as the CEO. There was a founder transition and she really focused on, okay, now that we know how to grow this uh, effectively and efficiently, how can we have it be a supplemental income source, a supplemental um, you know, way of working on the water as we see our coastlines change so much? 
So really in 2019, did we start, you know, focusing more on expanding our footprint, working with these um, lobster men and women who are already out on the water uh, year round? And how can we kind of bring them into this kelp aquaculture fold? So from 2009 to 2019, we had about two farms. Now, from 2019 to now, uh, we had 27 farms and partner farmers last year, and then this year we'll have 30. So really impressed by by the growth and by the impact. That's incredible uh, growth with the company. And the company's products are now sold in over 2,000 stores. Is that right? Yeah, it's pretty awesome to see this new wave of kelp and people's interest in domestic superfoods having, you know, a connection to their farmer. And um, we we have partnerships nationwide with uh, retailers like Whole Foods, Sprouts Farmers Market, Hannaford, if you're here in the Northeast, or Wegmans. Um, and it's uh, pretty impressive to see uh, how how interested people are in kelp for their minds, for their bodies, for the nutritional value, and then the benefit of kind of the climate hero capabilities that seaweed has. As an upstate New Yorker, I do love Wegmans. <laughs> they're a great retailer. <laughs> they're, they're terrific. So you talked about this a little bit briefly, but how has climate change started to impact the local fishing families in Maine? I mean, it's pretty apparent and and pretty um, scary. I mean, the volatility of the fishery, not only from a climate aspect, um, you know, we're we're not. It's not that we're not concerned about it, but like lobsters now, right now, are thriving. Right, they're they're enjoying these um, beautiful main waters in the summer and into the fall. But what we're really focusing on is 10 years from now. So it's about the viability of the lobster larvae right now and going forward. And that where, you know, the populations of lobster will start reproducing will be in deeper, colder and more northern waters. We've seen that already happen in, you know, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, and now it's coming up the um, Gulf of Maine. So for us and for families that are connected to the working waterfronts and to lobstering, it's definitely top of mind. Um, Lobster men and women have been, you know, incredible stewards of their resources. They have sustainability, self-enforced and and self-managed sustainability standards that are par none to any other fishery, in in my opinion, in the world, Um, whether that's V-notching, reproducting, uh, egg-bearing females. Um, there's a uh, size limit, both on the too small and too large size, um, which has really been able to preserve this amazing breeding stock. But there's, you know, only so much these these people that are working on the water can do in terms of actually stopping the warming waters. So we're seeing more and more farmers be interested in diversifying their incomes. Um, and and kelp and regenerative kelp aquaculture is a great um, is a is a great outlet. Um, kelp farming happens in the winter. We're actually doing our seeding season right now. So um, our supply chain team is driving up and down the coast delivering uh, kelp spools. So um, kind of like baby kelps. Uh, 
to all of our partner farmers and they're starting to seed their farms right now. And it's a zero input crop. They set their farms um, and that happens between uh, like now and, and Thanksgiving. And then the kelp starts to grow on its own and gets ready for harvest in, in late March, early April. So counter cyclical to the lobstering industry, which is awesome um, and allows, you know, earlier we were talking about also the diversification of like the infrastructure piece, but the landings, the the cold storage facilities that typically are underused this time of year have, you know, volume of kelp moving through, which helps them stay open and flexible, um, which is excellent. And let's talk about that a little bit more. How, how does your team specifically work with the farmers in your network? Yeah, so we try and mimic the lobstering industry to the best of our ability. Um, and so, so what our team does, um, and our supply chain team is, is led by, uh, an amazing woman, Liz Jondro and, uh, Liz Jondro McDonald, she just got married. Um, and, and she, you know, works with all of our partner farmers on their lease application, helping them, um, understand the, the flow through the Department of Marine Resources, which helps us get, um, our leases set up in the water. Uh, goes through kind of what to expect and and how to farm um, to the best of their ability. And then uh, they go out, they seed their farms, and then we have a buyback guarantee, which is a huge part and a key differentiator with Atlantic Sea Farms in the kelp farming space. So um, we come, you know, early, mid-spring, set up schedules, they go out, they land thousands and thousands of pounds of kelp at the dock. Liz meets them there, does a visual inspection, weighs every bag, and then brings it right back to our processing facility to be processed within 24 hours of coming off the farm. So for us, you know, having our partner farmers and the relationships with our partner farmers is the key piece to to what we're doing. This is a climate adaptation and economic diversification strategy. We are a kelp company um, before we're really anything else. And so for us, our relationships with our partner farmers are the most important, um, the most uh, appreciative, a most um, kind of inspiring element of what we're doing and, and to see farmers come back year after year, you know, becoming profitable, becoming more invested, figuring out systems. One of my favorite days of the year is uh, when we have our debrief, um, uh, our debrief meeting. And of course, there's a little competitiveness between farmers. I mean, who landed the most and, and that's exciting to see. Um, But also just the shared resource, right? Like, for so long, these people and families and generations of families have been working on the water and, and lobstering, and it's become second nature, literally in their blood. And now to see them create this new community around kelp and sharing that is just my favorite part of the job, for sure. And you mentioned some of the farmers, they're, they're out in the, in the, I almost said field, they're out in the water now, um, planting yeah. uh, the seeds for the season. What does a typical operation look like and what's their day-to-day include? Yeah, so one of the incredible things about kelp, and and so we grow two different native varieties of seaweed um, here in Maine, skinny kelp and sugar kelp. 
they're very similar, um, but just kind of the their blade makeup. One's a little bit more billowing, the other's a little bit thicker and um, and and skinnier. Um, but so there, it's a zero input crop. It needs no arable land, no herbicides, no pesticides, no fresh water. So really, our partner farmers are tasked with creating a very strong structure for this kelp to grow on. Um, so during the, the setup season, it's buoys and moorings, horizontal lines across the water. You think of terrestrial you know, agriculture, you think of fields and those rows and rows. That's essentially what we're doing on the open ocean. It's just seven feet below the surface. So from from you know an outsider's perspective looking at a kelp farm you probably just think it's a lot of buoys in a row you don't really see much from the surface but right below there we're growing one of the most nutrient dense foods on the planet um so our farmers go out they set their farms they do their seeding um and then like i said farm maintenance main uh can be crazy in the winter nor'easters high winds big snowstorms and because they're, you know, paid by the pound, all of our farmers are incentivized to make sure that there isn't any line crossovers chafing anywhere that they could be losing um, a significant amount of weight. So um, they're doing farm audits uh, weekly, monthly, or sorry, monthly, weekly, and then daily by the end of the season to make sure that everything's looking strong. And then depending on your crew size, they're out from anywhere from five to 15 days during harvest, uh, landing 10,000 pounds of kelp a day. I mean, it's pretty impressive to see these boats come through. Um, sometimes you can get up on the top of the hill of Portland and see all the boats come in and you're like, that one's full of kelp. Um, they're riding low on the water, but it's a, it's a really, um, you know, slow process, but also kelp is one of the most, uh, uh, or one of the fastest growing crops on the planet. So um, it, there's a lot of, you know, small growth happening from now until maybe late February, and then kelp can grow up to like three, four, five inches a day in perfect conditions. And I do want to talk a little bit more about the benefits of kelp, both for people and for the planet. So you say your your products are ocean approved. What does that mean? Technically, it was our name before Atlantic Sea Farms, <laughs> but ocean approved. I mean, it means so much. It means um, that the ocean is left better for it after it's been grown. Um, kelp. Uh, captures carbon and nitrogen as it grows, um, key elements that are, are part of ocean acidification and a big part of climate change. So as it grows, it's gathering carbon and nitrogen and, and reducing ocean acidification in the local uh, water column and, and mitigating some of the effects of climate change. Um, and by removing that kelp, by, by planting it and then farming it and removing it, we're actually removing that carbon and nitrogen from from the water. Um, it also creates this incredible health halo around other um, uh, sh shellfish like oysters or mussels. And so when you have partnerships with other aquaculturists, um, uh, Bangs Island mussels come to mind. So when you have our kelp farms, 
you know, our partner farmers, kelp farms next to uh, mussel and oyster farms, it actually gives this really great growth boost to mussels and to oysters because so much of their life is building their muscle and building their meat. And kind of when you think about ocean acidification, how that slows it down. So studies have shown that, you know, when kelp and, um, you know, shell-bearing organisms are planted next to each other, uh, you see twice the shell strength and and twice uh, the meat size um, in just one season. And that growth carries them throughout the, the year, uh, throughout their lifetime, excuse me. Um, and, you know, it's, it's great for our working waterfronts, our local coastal communities. I mean, these ocean advocates make their, their money on the water. And so to have um, additional mines coming up with ways to preserve and protect our coastal um, waterfront in, and oceans is, you know, for me, my, my favorite part of the job. And, um, you know, superfood kelp, I mean, it's the ultimate virtuous vegetable. And talk about that a little bit. What are some of the health benefits of kelp? So I like to think of kelp as like uh, the multivitamin of the sea, right? So you're getting things that you don't get from land-based plants. You're getting um, iodine, which we are most often, um, you know, operating uh, with an iodine deficiency. We need more of um, iodine in our diet because we're not eating iodized table salt anymore. We're all into that pink Himalayan sea salt. So um, getting iodine is so big. B12, manganese, um, all of these kind of calcium, um, getting all of these important nutrients, especially if you're vegan, plant-based, flexitarian, pescatarian, like all of these kind of areas where you're not getting these like super rich foods, kelp can really be an amazing um, benefit. thyroid function. Um, you know, iodine is big in, in your metabolism and your thyroid function, brain health. Um, and, and also for, you know, expecting, uh, mothers, parents needing kind of that extra boost. Iodine is really important to have in your diet as well. And for the broader industry, Atlantic Sea Farms has really been a leader in the space. Last year, the company was responsible for 85% of the line produced seaweed in the entire country. And I know the team has focused a lot on building the industry, building more awareness. Why is it so critical to build a domestic seaweed production? I mean, I think for us, it's a huge part of, um, you know, how we continue to grow this thing sustainably, ethically. Like we have to create a market for these products. Um, You know, we can grow so much kelp, but we're only going to be as successful as how much we can sell it so we can keep doing this thing season after season. And, you know, that's through so much consumer education. I mean, I think a lot of us grew up eating seaweed snacks. Um, You know, you think of sushi and, and seaweed salad you get at the restaurant. You know, for us, it's talking about the benefits of seaweed, but the benefits of growing it domestically. Um, you know, it is a superfood. Um, it tastes delicious. The kelp that we grow is pretty mild and tender and in texture. I like to think of it as any other kind of, uh, green, uh, veggie or like a green bean almost. Um, but 
you know, driving this market, educating consumers on where their food comes from. Uh, 95% of the seaweed we eat here in the United States is all imported dried and then rehydrated and typically dyed. So if you have ever had that kind of bright green seaweed salad on a poke bowl or at a restaurant, it's actually dyed with the same dyes as Mountain Dew. It's why it's that bright green color. So what we're trying to introduce is a fresh domestic alternative um, to that without the dyes and really be able to focus kelp and, and, and seaweed and domestic seaweed on, you know, traceability and bring it back to the farmer because it is such like a um, close relationship that you have with this food as you grow it. So, um, you know, for us, it's, it's a lot of consumer education. It's a lot of buyer education um, restaurants seem to be early adopters because it's definitely a fun, um, you know, ve- sea veggie to play with. And it definitely adds that umami that so many, um, people and places are looking to highlight. Um, so it's been a, it's been a great, um, couple years on, on product growth and innovation and just seeing like how we can push ourselves and, and, and be the leaders in seaweed innovation. And you're on the road a lot speaking with customers and buyers and restaurants and chefs, I imagine. What are you hearing from folks as they as they try kelp and, and learn more about the benefits? I love when someone says that they're going to pass on a sample, but then they end up trying it and they're like, this is so good. Oh my gosh, I had no idea. Um, it feels like you're getting a, a that first time fan, which can be really hard to get. Um we have a whole line of fermented products and and fermentation and seaweed, kimchi, um, sauerkrauts, like the, those kind of consumers and customers are very familiar with the process and they love to think about, you know, their, their favorite kimchi, but with kelp in it or their favorite, you know, um, uh, sauerkraut, but with kelp. And so, you know, you, you have kind of the built-in consumer there, but we're launching our sea veggie burgers this month. Um, it's a kelp and green chickpea based, um, veggie burger and the excitement around having something that is a very well-known category, like plant-based proteins, veggie burgers, um, seeing, seeing people get, get excited for the first time about, um, about seaweed has, has been awesome. And, and I always love, like, you think that people kind of have discovered it, even though kelp's been around for like centuries, like who knew? Like, well, a lot of people have known, but I'm really excited you're, you're getting on the kelp train. It's awesome. Do you have a favorite kelp dish? Oh, I mean, I've been on a kimchi fried rice kick recently. Like I could just put like a whole jar of our, our sichi and with our, um, with, with a good fried rice. Um, a lot of people, I mean, I start my day every day. I'm about to have one, uh, a smoothie. We have kelp cubes. I almost think of it like acai when, when we were putting a little like scoop of acai in our smoothies, very similar it's a little cube. You keep it in your freezer. You plop it in your blender with all of your other fruits and veggies. It's a really great, subtle way to get kelp into your everyday. So that's been my go-to kimchi, fried rice, um, and then of course our sea veggie burgers. I really can't get enough of them. They're really awesome. And just to close this out, um, that's a great mix of products. Where can folks find find the products? I know you mentioned a couple of the stores. 
Yeah. So you can always find us online at AtlanticSeafarms.com. Um, we have a great where to find page. So if you're not near any of the retailers I list, you can always, um, you know, plop your zip code in there and see some of the great markets near you. But Whole Foods, Sprouts, Wegmans, Fresh Time, Hannaford, uh, Lassen's, Harmon's, we're all over the country. Um, Co-ops and independent stores, um, you'll be hard not to find an Atlantic Sea Farms product near you. Well, thank you so much, Zoe. I really appreciate you sharing your time with us today and all of the great work that you all are doing in Maine and across the country to help spread the word about kelp. Oh, thanks, Aaron, so much. Kelp the earth. Thanks so much, Zoe, for sharing your work with Atlantic Sea Farms and how we can all kelp the ocean. I'll leave links to where you can find Atlantic Sea Farms in the show notes, which you can find at only.one forward slash upwell. Once again, that's only.one forward slash upwell. This week's episode was engineered by Jake Bowles and our cover art was designed by Joanna Marcus at Only One. Make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts and start your journey to help save the ocean and fix the climate today at only.one. For as little as $9, you can start planting coral and mangroves and removing plastics and carbon. Again, that's www.only.one. Thanks for tuning in and we'll be back next week with an all new episode of Upwell.